Confidence part two. Pastor Chris preached about this last week in the middle of our Better Together series. And I just absolutely love that he brought up the topic of confidence. Because um, as a people together, we do need to be confident if we want to even be able to interact. And uh, I think that this is something that we all just absolutely need to get a hold of. Um, And I remember when I was coming into school in grade seven... um, Every time you start a new school year, it's always just like really nerve-wracking, even though you've done it before. Um, But one thing that always gave me confidence was how cool my books were, my school books. This is before we all uh, sent people home with iPads and school-issued laptops. Uh, I had books and mum had clear contact and we had to be creative. And so what I would do in the weeks leading up to school is I would use my half an hour time slot on our computer. We only had half an hour and I had to convince my mum that turning it on and letting it warm up was not part of the 30 minutes because otherwise I would have four minutes left. So I would turn the computer on and I would immediately close my eyes because mum's whole argument was, you're going to get square eyes. And so I would close my eyes and walk away and I'd say, mum, don't start the timer yet. Because uh, I was so naughty, she had to have a timer. <laughs> Otherwise, I would go over. So I'd be like, Mum, don't start the timer yet. And then as soon as it would be booted, I'd be like, all right, go. And I would jump in and I would double-click on the big blue E, Internet Explorer. Who remembers? Oh, man. And then I would realise, dang, I have not dialed in yet. Get off the phone, Jess. And then I would dial up and it would make that awesome noise, that noise that tells you you are connecting to the rest of the world. And then Google would load up. And then into Google, I would type in Google Images and press search for some reason. And uh, then I would get to Google Images and I would think, what do I want to be on my school books? What is cool? And I tried to think of what's cool. And I thought... Spider-Man is cool. And I would Google Spider-Man and I would go into Microsoft Word and I would get that picture of Spider-Man and I would scale it so it was so pixely and then I would print it out and I would get my sister to come and sit on the table because when our inkjet printer printed, it was like... and the whole table would just shake. You ever had one of those printers? Who here had a printer like that? And you just sit there and I'm like, Mom, this isn't part of my computer time. I'm not watching. Because it would sit there and it would have the, one of the fastest print times on the market that day, two minutes per colour page. And you're watching the image come out slowly with excitement. And then I would plaster my books with it, and I would roll up to school with a new sense of confidence. I had Spider-Man on one, PlayStation 3 on another. I had Ford on, on another one. Like, I was ready for any crowd. Whoever, like, I was just like, you know, what, what's your interest? And then I'd flick it over, and I'd be like, look at me. Look at this. Hello, I like Spider-Man too, you know that? And uh, I, really think that's, I really think that's funny. That's just what I needed to do to have confidence. And, and I think so many of us, we find confidence um, in some of the strangest things. Like I know people that will only shop for certain brands. That's like, because that's the only brand that they feel confident wearing. You see, um, there's probably a whole lot of people tonight that are wearing a shirt that has the brand written across the front. You know, you got the big Adidas shirts. They got the big um, logo on there. You got you got Stussy. They try and make their logo huge. If you've got the North Face, you can't have anything North Face without the logo being prominent. Like we all, like we all wear that sort of stuff, and uh, we we all trust in those brands. And I think often 
we pick that sort of stuff because we don't have confidence in our own identity. So we're like, well, if you think that this thing's cool, then, then I'm going to wear it so that I can be cool. And too often our confidence is lost and we're trying to place our confidence in other things and, and we're constantly having to update our wardrobe and we're constantly having to buy the latest iPhone and we're constantly having to do this and do this and do this because we aren't confident enough to project ourselves, project who we are. I remember the, one of the coolest guys that I ever met when I moved to Sydney and we went to this church and he just wore plain clothes and, 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 and he inspired me and I, I bought plain clothes and, um, and I just thought, man, he's just so confident in who he is that he can just wear plain clothes and, and his wardrobe was just all shades of, of grey and uh, for everything from white to black and I just thought, man, that's, he's just, like he doesn't need that sort of stuff and so I did that for a little while, it was a phase. I thought straight hair, uh, people liked that so I did that for a phase. Stupid. I should have got a photo for you guys. But anyway, people place trust in all of these sorts of things. Who knows the brand Supreme? Supreme also loves to place their logo big and large. They're those shirts that uh, have the red box on it and it says Supreme. Is that a Supreme shirt right there? No, it's not. But it is a ripoff. It is a rip-off because uh, everyone loves Supreme. Now, you can get all sorts of weird things from Supreme and people will buy it because it is branded Supreme. People just love it. I want to show you a photo of one of their latest products from 2016 that they released. A Supreme brick. And people lined up overnight for these. They were $30 each. I looked it up. A brick is a dollar. Like, it's actually 95 cents at Bunnings. But one of these cost $30. And people, they just don't have any confidence in themselves, so they trust in these brands to give them confidence. And these, I, I thought to myself, you know, if, if it's sold out, how much is it worth now? On, the only place that you can get it, I found, is on eBay. The cheapest one I found was $400. And the rest of them were getting close to around, one was $695 and one was $800. I want to show you um, a couple of other products that Supreme does. And uh, they also have uh, all of these products, the Kate Moss 10th Anniversary Tea. Look at its value. It, they sold them out at $30, and now people are reselling them for $1,100. Their collaboration with Nike, a $65 shoe, now $1,500. Like, the, the, the value just goes up because people think, if I want to be cool... I have to have this brand. If I want people to like me, I have to have this brand. And, and people are putting their confidence in it and it's evident by how much they're willing to pay. They so, so desire that. They don't have any confidence of their own. And so I think confidence is, is a commodity that very few, of, few people truly possess. But it is such a valuable commodity that we all need to have because when you're confident, you stress less. When you're confident, you, you don't feel as awkward in new situations. When you meet new people, you, you just don't feel as awkward. You're much more willing to enjoy new experiences. You're much more willing to go to new places. You know, we're ready um, to approach God with all our needs. If you're not confident, you're, I think those type of people, you really struggle to pray because you're not even confident when it comes to praying with God. And with confidence, talking about better together, if we're not confident, we're not going to be ready to do the journey with other people. We're just going to hide away. And, and we need to be open to sharing our weaknesses to get help. But you'll never get that if you're not confident in who you are. So confidence is something really, really important to have. And I want to look at his Bible story about a guy who uh, he must have had a lot of confidence for what we're about to read. And it's in 2 Samuel chapter 16, 
It's a story of King David. It says this, Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything that he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and he brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and fattened a calf. That's how excited he was to have the ark of God. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. And so the people, all of the people, um, sorry, so David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. Now, something that we might gloss over if we don't have any clue about is this thing that David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. Now, David was a king. David would have had a king's outfit, whatever that would have looked like. I'm guessing there was a crown. I'm guessing there was some uh, amazing linen that he would have been able to wear. And it says that he took all of this up and off and he just wore his priestly garment and he began to dance before the Lord. Now, here at church on Sunday, we like to dress well, relatively well. We like to make sure that we're well-dressed. And um, on Sunday mornings, quite often, Pastor Chris, to honour the platform, will be wearing a suit. And I cannot imagine what people might think if he rolled up in his suit and then as soon as the praise and worship started, he just stripped it all off down to tights just so that he could dance better, just so that he could get that full leg extension when he's dancing. Like, can you imagine that? He did it just for comfort. That's what David was doing. David was looking real good. He was looking high and mighty. He was the king. Everyone knew he was the king by what he was dressed in. But he was like, I don't care. I'm going to dance. I must dance. And he took his king's thing off and he was dancing around in this linen ephod. Imagine if I was preaching in a singlet, because it's hot up here. Imagine if I just pulled a singlet out and, you know, you saw the spider farm underneath my eyes, uh, arms, all the, all the hairs coming out. Like, just imagine that sight. That's exactly what the people were thinking when they saw David dancing. And now you've got to be someone real confident in who you are to get out and do that. When everyone's sitting there watching, it's like a ceremony, man. Like, everyone's like, the ark of the Lord is here. What the heck is the king doing? <laughs> He's in his Zumba outfit. He's getting down. It goes on. Verse 20. When David returned to his own house to bless his own family, Michal, I guess you say it like that, the, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. And she said in disgust, you know that face when you walk in and someone's disgusted at you? It's just like they just stand there with their, sh- their arms crossed and... And you just got that lip raised. And that's exactly what David faced. He walks in. Everyone else is happy to see him, except for Mikhail. She was like this, looking over the shoulder, do it like that. And uh, she said in disgust, oh, and this is sarcasm, Australia's favorite uh, form of humor. How distinguished the king of Israel looked to get today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. But David retorted. That means he replied. He said, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel to the people of the Lord so that I, so I was celebrating before him. And yes, guess what? I am willing to look even more foolish than this. I'm willing to even be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls that you mentioned will indeed think that I am distinguished. And so what David was doing here is he's saying, yes, I look like a fool, but guess what? Before I am... 
Before I'm a king, I'm a worshiper of God. Before I am, before I am anything else, I'm a worshiper of God. So I don't care what I look like. I'm going to worship Him no matter how it comes across to you. It's time to disrobe. Time to take off our kingly garments. It's time to take off those labels that other people place on us and say, hey, I am not that. I am a child of God. I am not that. I am a worshiper of God. This is what David did, and this is what we need to do. When it came time to worship, David quickly put king second. Yes, he was a king as he was bringing the ark of the Lord in, but when it came time to worship God, he put king aside, and he got straight into worship as hard as he could. You know, in life, we all wear many hats, and you would know the different personas that you have when you're with different people. My mum's one of those ones who, when she um, talks to someone who has a different accent, her accent moulds to that person's accent. Like, I know when she's on the phone to her Singaporean friends, because it sounds like there's a Singaporean in the other room, because she just mimics their accent. And uh, I remember when I first went to TCC, um, at, after knowing Ted Lucas. Ted Lucas is an awesome guy, great friend, and, um, you know, he's, he's generally easygoing, relaxed, reserved, a little bit reserved sometimes, but I saw him walking through the playground. I was like, hey, Ted, how's it going? And he said something to me, and then suddenly he turned and he pointed out someone in the playground. He was like, hey, you need to put your hat on. Get back right now. Go back to the bag rack, get your hat, and then come back. So, man, how was your weekend? And I'm like, whoa, like, like, you, you know, those, those types of people, like you've got the different hats. You've got a different hat when you're at work. Like, um, when I, like when people answer the phone, it's really funny when people answer the phone for their work, they're just chill. They're just casual. Then all of a sudden, hello, welcome to such and such. How can I help you? I was a different person when I answered the phone at our work. I used to hate talking to customers. So I would pretend this is when I worked at Sam's warehouse. Don't tell anyone. Actually, it doesn't matter. They're bankrupt. Um, I would answer the phone and 90% of the questions were um, like, what time are you guys open till? And so I tried this thing one day. I answered the phone and I pretended to be like one of those robots. And I was like, hello and welcome to Sam's Warehouse Toowoomba. If you are looking for our opening hours, please press one or to speak to an operator, please hold. And most of the time I would just hear this beep and I'd be like, we are open from 9 to 5 p.m. today. Thank you for your call. Goodbye. And then I would hang up. And it was like, <laughs> it was like a completely different persona. And we all hold these different personas, these, these, these different hats, depending on the situation uh, that we find ourselves in. But I want to tell you, the identity that you hold will determine the confidence that you hold. Ted Lucas, as a teacher, was given authority by the principal. Normally, he's a shy, reserved guy. But once he began to walk in the identity of teacher, man, he had authority dripping from him. He, he was just able to tell any student anything, and they would just go and do it. And the identity that you hold will determine the confidence that you hold. So if you want to have confidence, man, you need to think about the identity that you hold. David, his highest identity, his first and foremost identity was that I am a worshiper of God. You might call me a king, but I'm going to put that aside because I am a worshiper of God. So many people are living out of an identity that restricts their life and boxes them in. You might be living out of one today. You might have been called a loser, never been good at anything. And that boxes you in because you never try new things. You might have been called the outcast. 
No one ever wanted to hang out with you. So you live out of that and you choose never to engage people. You might have been called ugly, thinking that no one likes looking at you. So, so you choose to, to hide away and, 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 and never like get out there. You might have been the discarded one, people leaving you behind. And, and this just boxes you in because you just choose not to exert yourself. All of these are labels that we need to get rid of. Because living out of a false identity, based off of, based off of a label, it makes us avoid opportunity. It shrinks us on the inside. It pushes us to stay at home. You know, it just keeps us at bay. And labels are one thing. Labels come and go, but there is one thing that will never change. And that is your identity in Jesus Christ. You can put away all those other labels because Jesus says, hey, you are not outcast, you are loved. Jesus says that you are not a mistake, your life is not an accident, you were born with a purpose, you are loved, you are born to thrive, you are here for a reason. People actually want you here on this world. I want you here. I love you. I believe in you. I want to see you do well in life. That's how Jesus looks at us and that's how we need to live out. And when you know that, when you have that on your inside, when you have that identity, man, your shoulders begin to go go back like that. You begin to walk around confidently. You begin to be open with people, willing to share your life. You begin to live a life that is large because you know who you are in Jesus Christ. It's time to put aside all the labels. King, who cares? I'm a worshiper. Outcast, who cares? God says that I am loved. Pushed aside, who cares? I know that God accepts me. Man, we got to push away some labels tonight. It's time to disrobe. If you're not living out of these promises, then you are degrading what God has called beautiful. The Bible says that you are a masterpiece. Imagine if I had the the real Mona Lisa up here, and then I got a spray can out, and then I just like sprayed all over it, like the legitimate one. The, The air in the room would go out, like it would just be gone, because you would just be watching as a masterpiece gets degraded. And that is what happens in heaven. When we begin to live out of false identities, we we are like degrading the fact that Jesus called us beautiful. We are like vandalizing something that God said is a masterpiece. So don't live out of those labels because God has called you a masterpiece. God has called you loved. God has called you accepted. Man, we've got to put that stuff away. On Instagram, a lot of people have a thing called a theme. Who knows what an Instagram theme is? Some people... Okay, so basically it's where when you go to someone's profile, you'll see all of their pictures. And they want it to look nice so that when you go to their profile, it doesn't look like random pictures. It looks like a really nice, aesthetically pleasing display of their life. And um, so some people do things like they put the same border around every single picture. Some people do little drawings and it's like the exact same drawing on all of them. Some people choose different colors and and they only post photos that have these certain colors in it. And, uh, you know, I've... I tried to do a, an Instagram theme once and what it actually ended up doing is I had stuff that I wanted to post and then I was like, no, I'm not going to post that because it doesn't fit the theme. And you know, when it comes to our identity, who we think we are will determine the decisions that we make about where we exert ourselves in life. And if you don't have the right identity, you're going to sit there going, would, an, would a loser do this? <clears throat> Probably not. A loser wouldn't get up and try again. A loser wouldn't get up in front of everyone. An outcast wouldn't do that. Someone who's just riddled with anxiety, they wouldn't do that. And you're going to begin to shrink your life based off these labels. 
Romans 1 verse 16 says, I refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Jesus Christ, for I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved. So Paul uh, is saying here, man, like, like, I don't want to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I read this for so long thinking, man, I need to be less ashamed. I need to be so less ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. The truth is, I love the gospel. I love Jesus. Uh, I, I think it's great news. But the problem was, uh, maybe it wasn't that I was ashamed of it, but the fact was when it came to situations and conversations that I was a part of, I placed all these other labels first before I placed disciple or outreacher, someone who reaches out to others. I placed the funny guy there. Like, I, I don't want to ruin a conversation by bringing up God because I'm the funny guy. And that label prevented me from being all that God has called me to be. And whatever label that you are carrying, maybe it is the funny guy. Maybe it is the life of the party. Maybe it's the friend who gets along all the time. Like whatever it is, don't allow these labels to get in the way of who you are first and foremost. If you're a Christian, you're a disciple first and foremost. When you're driving, someone cuts you off. You need to put that middle finger away because first and foremost, you are a bringer of grace. First and foremost, you're a person that loves others. When your boss is being totally unfair, remember, first and foremost, you are a person who speaks life and positivity. You know, when we begin to act on these things, we actually place labels in ourselves. When the boss is being unfair and we begin to whine and complain about it, we place ourselves in a prison of I'm a victim and we place that label on ourselves. And if you choose to go, no, 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 I value who I am in Jesus Christ first, your life will begin to expand. Your life will begin to open up in a tough situation when you know what to do. Remember, if you're a Christian, man, you're, you're a prayer warrior first. I'm going to pray before I do anything else. So, man, your confidence level, it's going to skyrocket when you stop living from a label, when you choose to get all those labels and disrobe. I use that phrase because I reckon you'll remember it. <laughs> remember who you really are and make decisions out of that. So, time to disrobe. Second thought that I have is that... Uh, Acceptance actually precedes confidence. We think that if, if we can be confident and if we can present ourselves in a nice way, people will actually accept us. But it actually kind of goes the other way, that um, acceptance precedes confidence. To be confident, you actually need to know first and foremost that people will accept you. And, and David, he was confronted by um, Michal, but he, he didn't apologize to find acceptance. He wasn't like, oh, 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 actually, I'm really sorry because he's looking to be accepted by this person. He'd already found acceptance. He'd found acceptance in God. He was okay because he knew he was accepted by God. You know, the struggle of starting a new conversation with a person you've never met. And it's like, you're like scrounging for common ground. You know that feeling? And just this person just doesn't have any common ground. And then you finally find common ground and you get accepted. Like maybe you talk about the fact that you're a barista and they're like, I don't really care about coffee. And you're like, "Um, do you like my feeler shirt that I'm wearing? And the person's like, that's so 1990s. And and then maybe you talk about how uh, I, I like listening to Post Malone and boom, you both have common ground. And people, and then suddenly in that moment, you feel like you're accepted. Like, you know that feeling where you're just, you're to and froing with a person and then suddenly the conversation flows way more freely because you feel like, okay, now, no, they like that part of me. They like who I am right there. But actually, I think too often we're looking for acceptance from people when we've already got it from God. 
The worst part is that we're looking for acceptance from people. We're looking for people to accept us. And the problem with that is that people have hormones, people have emotions, people change, people get hangry, people don't always have their body caffeinated. It's like they hate you before... Hate! It's like they hate you before food and then you feed them and suddenly they love you. The crowd is like fickle, man. Like you need to get a dog because a dog will accept you no matter who you are. That is like the perfect picture of God. Just like no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God accepts you and a dog accepts you. The desire for acceptance isn't bad. It's how you fulfill it which will determine whether it's destructive or sustainable. David knew that God accepted him. And so that is a confidence that is sustainable. When you find your acceptance in God, you'll have a confidence that will continue on. It won't be like, oh, depends how that person's feeling today. If you keep finding your acceptance in people, man, it's just going to be depending on how their day's going. But finding your confidence in God, man, and finding your acceptance in God, that's when you know that you're going to have confidence every single day. Acts 10.35 says, it makes no difference what race of people one belongs to because if they just show deep reverence to God and, uh, and they're committed to doing what's right, then they are acceptable before him. That means every person is able to be accepted by God. When we live for God, we find acceptance in him. And if we do that, man, we know that we can live in every area of life knowing that we're accepted. It doesn't depend on other people. It depends on how we are going with God. So I want to ask the question, where are you searching for acceptance? And maybe you think, yeah, I get my acceptance from God. But the easiest way to tell is uh, by asking yourself this question, who do you share your biggest wins with? Who do you share your deepest fails with? Because those are the people that you find acceptance from because you're offering a part of yourself and saying, do you, do you accept me? Do you accept this win? Do you, do you accept me even when I have this failure? And, and too often I see people posting about their problems on Facebook and it's like, man, you're looking for people to accept you in the wrong place. People sharing with, with other people in their life that, that totally don't need to know, people that totally don't even care about them. And it's like they offer a part of them and then suddenly their heart gets crushed and they never want to trust anyone again. But man, if we can learn to share our life with God, that's when we find acceptance. It sounds kind of weird, like, oh, how do I find acceptance with God? I don't know. It's easy. You just begin to pray to God about every single thing, your biggest wins, your deepest regrets, your biggest fails. And as soon as you share that with God, every time, I guarantee you, every time you share that with God, God's like, that's, I love you. I accept you and you'll have a deep sense of acceptance. Stop choosing to share that with social media. Stop choosing to share it with people who don't care about you, with people who you know are going to give you a snark reply, with people who you know are just going to be like, oh yeah, and just keep texting on their phone. You are going to have a bad day. You are going to lose all your confidence and find yourself deep down in a pit of depression and anxiety. Let's start sharing our lives with the one who actually cares about us. Let's start sharing our pain and our troubles with the person who can actually help us and who doesn't just give us power advice, but he's going to love us each and every step of the way, going to accept us and push us forward because he has a destiny for us. Man, that is the person that we need to go to. Let's find ourselves in prayer in every moment. God celebrates with us in our wins and he mourns with us in our losses and he doesn't push us away for any reason. I love that about God. Acceptance precedes confidence. When you find acceptance with God, you're going to find confidence in life. Okay, my final thought. 
is about the fading voice. And, uh, and I know that I'm accepted by God. The Bible says it very clearly. And I know in my heart that I'm accepted by God. But sometimes that voice, it kind of fades away. And, and I'm sure that each and every one of us would have felt that same thing. Like you, you hear on Sunday, the preacher talks about how, how you're accepted. Even right now, I'm saying God accepts you for who you are, no matter what you've done. But sometimes it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like it. And it's like when I was a kid and mum would, um, before I would go out, mum would give me the clothes that she bought me from Best and Less, a t-shirt that said skate or die and it had graffiti on it and I thought it was so cool. And she'd be like, you're a handsome young lad, aren't you? And I'd be like, yes, I'm a handsome young lad. And then I would go out and then the hottest girl at school would be like, what are you wearing? And it's all shattered in a moment. It's all shattered in a moment. Who's ever felt that feeling before? You think you're looking real good. Come out of the wardrobe and uh, your friend's just like, what the heck is that? What? Where did that come from? Take that to Vinny's. And it's like, suddenly you feel so inadequate. Suddenly this confidence was smashed. And even though I know I'm a handsome young boy, even though I know that my mum still accepts me for who I am, I still feel inadequate. And, uh, and I think that's because the voice of my mum gets drowned out by the person that I'm putting value on more. And man, we need to begin to place our value back onto what God says. And not only that, but we need to make sure God's voice is the loudest. Genesis 3 verse 11 says, and this is when Adam and Eve have... Um, eaten of the tree of good and evil and they realize that they're naked and they feel a huge sense of shame even though God accepts them for who they are even though they have this great relationship with God they suddenly feel inadequate and we know that because they're hiding and God finds them and and um, he's like yo why are you guys hiding and Adam's like bro don't you realize I'm naked and um, Genesis 3 verse 11 God says who told you that you were naked have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And it's kind of funny that phrase, who told you that you were naked? Because when God says that, he's, He doesn't actually um, really care who said it. He just cares that you stopped listening to God's voice. Because God had said like, God, God had a great relationship with them and He knew as, immediately, as soon as, he, as soon as Adam felt ashamed, God knew, hey, you've been listening to other voices. And as soon as you feel inadequate, as soon as you feel ashamed, as soon as you feel like your confidence is drowned, maybe that's an indicator that you've started listening to voices that have no value over your life. Man, we need to begin to listen to God's voice. There are voices that say being a Christian makes you feel, makes you less than, that you're living a lie, that God isn't real, that your values are outdated. That voice is quite loud. Michal, he was so ready to cast David down, saying that, hey, you're better off as a king. Just please put away your priestly robes. But David, he had been listening to God's voice so, so much that Michal's voice, it didn't even matter. David didn't even hesitate. He replied, and he's like, hey, I'm dancing before the Lord. I'm celebrating the Lord. I'm celebrating God. He had acceptance, and he knew what God said about him. So I wonder how you view being a child of God. Do you feel like it's less than? Do you feel like being a Christian is less than than being a normal person? If so, maybe you haven't let God's voice invade the the deepest parts of your heart.
And I want to encourage you to do that tonight, to do that this week. Because if we're ashamed of that, of who we are in Christ, then we're never going to reach our friends because, because why would people join something or why would people try and be someone that feels ashamed of themselves? At Youth Alive, um, last night, no, the night before, there's, there was a fire alarm that went off or some sort of alarm. And it was so loud, like it was echoing across the whole campus, acres and acres of this um, uh, church campus that we were on. It was just, it was loud. And, um, and Lawrence and I, we were, like, we were like, oh, that's really funny. And then we're like, wait, someone might die. And so we ran off and we were like, we've got to find this alarm. And we found where it was and like standing in front of it, it was so, so loud. And, um, and no one died, it's okay, um, just in case you're wondering. But when we went back to our cabin, as soon as we closed the door, like it was still going off. I had to call the um, accommodation person and they eventually got it sorted out. But as soon as we got into our cabin and closed the door, we couldn't even hear it. Something that was so painstakingly loud, something that was so unignorable. It, it was so loud, it, it was like almost going to hurt our ears, but it was easily drowned out when we had those walls around us. And, and too often we can find ourselves in situations where, hey, the problem is not God's voice. The problem is not whether or not God speaks to you. The problem is not whether or not God says anything about you, because He does. And it's painstakingly loud. And it's so obvious when you read the Word. And it's everywhere in the way that He treats us, that He, he loves us. But sometimes we surround ourselves with voices. Sometimes we surround ourselves with people who say other things and it drowns out God's voice. Even though we know that we're accepted, all these other things around us begin to fade God's face away. And so, our voice away. And I, so I want to encourage you tonight to get closer back to God. Get closer to God's, to that source. Because once you're standing there, like I had to walk away from that to make a phone call to try and get that alarm turned off because it was so loud. I couldn't hear any other voice. So, man, I want to encourage you, be in church. Don't underestimate the value of being in church, of getting closer to God's voice. Journal. Man, journaling. Journaling has changed my life because God's voice has been in my ear every single day. I face a situation where um, the world would say, this is a hopeless situation. And I'm like, no, 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 no. God's got my back. I face a situation um, where the world says one thing, but God's voice is louder in my ear because I've been journaling, because I've been praying, because I've been a part of, the, of church. Get people around you who are going to encourage you. Man, we need to get close to God's voice and it will be unignorable. I promise you that. And you'll find acceptance and it's never going to fade away. So if we want to have confidence like David did, man, it's time to ditch those labels. It's time to disrobe. It's time to find our acceptance in God. And when we find it there, never, never go too far away from Him because His voice is going to be the voice that keeps you going. I'm going to pray for us. Would you just close your eyes with me right now? I just want to give a moment of privacy to everyone right now. And I want to pray for people who maybe have really struggled with confidence. Confidence, man, it'll, it'll, it'll really shrink your life. It'll, it'll cause you to pull back in so many areas. And uh, I really believe our generation is a generation that's been plagued with self-identity crises, with anxiety, all that sort of stuff. And confidence seems like something unattainable, but it's something that God can give you. It's something that God can place in your life when you really feel that call and that sense of acceptance from Him. And so I really want to pray for you tonight, if that's you. And, um, and so before we go anywhere else, uh, maybe this is the hardest moment because I'm asking you to be confident in putting your hand up.
But I want to I want to know exactly who I'm praying with right now. And I want to pray that, man, God would bring that confidence into your life. So everyone just keep your eyes closed wherever you are. Just pop your hand up if that's you. And I want to pray with you right now about that. Great. Awesome. Hands there. Hands there. Yep. 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 Great. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Great. So many people. Man, this is something that we need to really grab a hold of. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. God, I pray for all of these wonderful people who desire confidence. I pray for all of us. God, that you would really, really give us a sense of your love. Give us give us that sense of acceptance. Help us to stay close to you. Help us to be open and to share our biggest wins and our biggest fails with you, God. Give us that confidence that we need to go through everyday life. God, when the devil tries to shout in our ear, I pray that you would shout even louder in the other ear, that you would drown him out. God, the voice of the others that are so keen to throw insults and stuff on us, God, I pray that your voice would be right there ready to encourage us. I pray that you would place strategically place people in our lives, that you would strategically Uh, gets text messages sent to people's phones, phone calls, all of that sort of stuff, God, into our lives that people would just know that you are there, that you love them and that you accept them in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, man, finding God's acceptance brings a new level of confidence, like I said, and, and it radically changed the way that I live my life. Once I knew that the mistakes that I make, you know, this, the the thing, the wrong things that I sit, say and do, that sort of stuff, uh, I know it bridges me from God. I know it pulls me away from God. I know sin separates me from God. But the great thing is that Jesus made it easy for us to find find God again, to find relationship with God again, because He died on a cross to pay the price for all of that stuff. Because you can't do something wrong without consequences happening. But Jesus took all of that consequence for us. He took it on His life so that we could connect with God again. And, uh, and so if, if you want to live in that confidence, if you want to live walking in that acceptance, man, it's as, it's as simple as choosing to do life with God. It's as simple as choosing to put God in the center of your life and making every decision based off of Him and His love for you and, and His plan for you. And so if you want to do that today, Maybe you've never walked with God before. Maybe you've never called yourself a Christian. Or maybe you have, but you've just been doing your own thing and you, and you want to come back to God tonight. I want to pray with you and I want to believe with you for what God has for your future. All it takes is just having simple faith and trust in Him. Believing that what He did for you is going to be powerful and impact your life and trusting Him with His plan for your life. If that's you, so while everyone's still got their eyes closed, if you've opened them back up, please close them again just want to create this environment of privacy so that we can respond to God, just us and God. That's what this moment is about. With every eye closed, if that's you, could you just be really brave and raise your hand and I want to pray with you as well, just like those people before responding. If you want to respond and if you want to bring God into the middle of your life again, man, now's your chance. I want to pray with you. If that's you, just pop your hand up. Awesome. Thank you. You can put your hand down. That's great. Thank you. Awesome. You can put your hand down. Choosing to do life with God changed my, changed my future. It absolutely changed my life. Last chance, if that's you, if you want to... Yeah, great. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Cool. God, I pray for all of these amazing people who are choosing to step out of their comfort zone and do life with you. And I just pray this week that 
you would really make make yourself real to them this week, that you would help them every step of the way, that as they as they seek you and as they choose to do life with you, that you would be right there with them. In Jesus' name, amen. And then we're going to pray this prayer together that's on the screen, and, and we're going to pray it out loud um, because I really believe that if, if you can put words to what's happening on the inside of your heart, man, God can really act on that. God loves to respond to, uh, to us when we confess with our mouth, when we respond to Him. So let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen.